And welcome to Fascinating Nouns. Now, if you are listening to this transmission, we are still the galaxy's most trusted source for incredible people, places, things, and ideas. Now, together we arrive at this curious nexus point, and we will explore the strange, unusual, offbeat, bizarre, intriguing, interesting, invigorating, quirky, quaint, quizzical, weird, wild, wacky, the fun, the frivolous, and the fringe, plus all the spaces in between. I am your host, Daniel J. Glenn. The martial arts has always been something that has fascinated me going all the way back to when I was a little kid living in a rough neighborhood, uh, getting my butt handed to me on an occasional basis. It didn't happen too often, but enough for uh, any young kid to want to learn how to defend themselves. And just the whole idea of being able to outsmart your opponent uh, with physics and leverage uh, and just having a knowledge of fighting is just something that appealed to me. Uh, So, of course, you know, The Karate Kid is one of my favorite movies really inspired me and I've just been fascinated with the art uh, and, and it's it's so graceful and beautiful and devastating at the same time. I've just been in love with it. And so this show is about the things that I love, things that I've always enjoyed, things I'm fascinated by and martial arts fit the bill and so I stumbled across a man named John Krang who is the uh, industry standard in fight choreography, stunt choreography, um, you know he coordinates these things for big movies he understands it on a level that most people will never get to. Has written the book called Fight Choreography, The Art of Nonverbal Dialogue. So we're going to get into that, his opus, as well as all the other amazing accomplishments that he has achieved throughout his life. Let's get right into this. John, thank you so much for being on the program today. Ah, Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Now, you know, the honor's all mine, and I'm going to tell you why. I bet you're wondering, so this release is on October 17th, 2016. Okay. I really hope you know the significance of that day. A couple things. Uh, Take a shot. <laughs> trying to think. Stump the master. Ha- Halloween comes out in the movie. No. 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 Um, no. Anniversary. There's probably a couple of very important dates in your life. I'm gonna probably say your birthday is one of them. And I'm gonna say National John Crane Day is oh. probably second <laughs> on that list. October 17th, 2015. Oh, yeah. yeah that, I'm that, sure you knew that. Well, that was last year. <laughs> but isn't that, every, isn't that from here on out, October 17th, or is that just one day? It was just that one day. It, oh. was, uh, it was for the museum. Well, this is the yeah. one-year anniversary <laughs> of John National Chattering <laughs> Day. Uh, this is a banner year, I think. Yeah, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank, thank you, Michael Matsuda. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, here's here's the 360 turnaround. Yeah. That that day is, is and that guy who had that thing that day with the was, stuff. Was, was, <laughs> was, was what got us together. That's exactly right. Thank yeah. you, Ma- Michael Matsuda. Uh, yeah. Matsuda. So let's give him a plug. That is the it's the Los Angeles uh, Martial Arts Museum, right? It's a martial arts history museum. Yes, martial arts history museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's an gr- amazing place. Yeah, and it's in Burbank. He has events, all these different events, uh, celebrating and honoring different martial artists, and and uh, he has events and fundraisers to to get the museum up and running. He's trying to get a new. Um, Building that's in Burbank that's even bigger, so he can have oh great bigger yeah bigger events, bigger venues. Oh, that's but incredible! Yeah, 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 he's very supportive of the martial arts community. He has an event every year called Dragon Fest, and uh, yeah, bring some dragons in or was yeah, it's it's essentially something that Gerald Okamura oh. used to have in Glenda at the Glenda Auditorium, where it was just like all the martial artists got together. They had their little tables. They yeah, it's a, it's like a convention kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely like that. But it's it's for martial artists. It's it's like a it's the only time we all can get together in one place and just kind of, hey, where you been? What you been yeah, up to? Yeah, so yeah. that's 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 what that's about. And 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 he, uh, Gerald quit doing it, and now it's Michael picked up the reins and oh, great. and is doing it. So yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah. thank you very much, Michael Matsuda. You put us together. And you are my my fighting expert, combat expert on fascinating fights. Shameless plug to myself. Um, so that you were at the Long Beach Comic Con with me, yes, uh, analyzing all kinds of great stuff. And that was fun. Yeah, hopefully we'll get a season and get you get you into the studio. Oh, I'd love to. Uh, so now we've got the important stuff out of the way. Let's get into the meat of this, okay? Okay. 
how did you get into martial arts? Because you are a world-class martial artist. <laughs> how, did the, how did you get into this? <laughs> okay. And why? I've, it's something Besides I was always, that it's awesome. <laughs> it was something I was I, I was always interested in getting to when I was a kid. But the thing was is Did you get beat up a lot or what what happened? Yeah, I used to get in a lot of fights. Yeah. Um, you know You can it, say beat up, it's okay, I got beat up too. <laughs> you can admit it. It's All fine. right, I got beat up. Okay. Yeah, thing is too. is you know, it was a tail end of Vietnam War. Unfortunately, when we're at war with the country, um, if you look anything close to <laughs> the people we're fighting, you're you you, know, you, 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 you there's a certain there's a certain animosity towards you. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, and that's the, you know that's that's what happened with me. Um, and you know, the thing was is I uh, I was always the last kid picked for uh, for for team sports uh, and stuff like that. I was never really coordinated. Um, I loved to play baseball, but the thing was is. I was never good at any of those mm. sports. So um, one summer, I went to visit uh, my relatives who were refugees from Vietnam. To they were in France, excuse me. And uh, and what happened was, um, they they were the ones that told me what martial arts was really about. Because up to that point, it was all myth, all myth. Rumors. Oh, when you go in there, you, the instructor beats you up. You have to break ten boards. You know, and all this, all this crazy stuff that you read in the comic books. You know. Yeah. So. Oh, that's not true. Shh. Okay. <laughs> Trade secrets. <laughs> the curtains revealed. Pay no attention <laughs> to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> so, so what happened was they they told me what what really happened because one of my cousins was a black belt and he told me he came back all beat. You know, he had bruises on his forearms, and mm. <clears throat> and I go. Are you okay? What happened? He goes, "Oh no, I was all right. I was I was fighting a friend." I was like, "How do you uh, you know when you?" That's like a that doesn't sound make sense. I go, "What, what do you mean you're fighting a friend? What did he do to you?" He goes, "Oh no, I'm a, I'm a black belt. So is he." And we we fought each other. I go, "Well, why did you fight?" And he goes, "Well, you do it in a friendly way." And I didn't understand that whole. <coughs> you know, trained to understand and learn and fight, you know, and, and free sparring, the whole, the whole mm. concept of free sparring. So that's what happened. And, and then he, he, kind of, he was very kind enough to kind of say, this is what happens. Da, 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 da. So he's, so I was, the more I asked, the more he started explaining to me the philosophy of how you learn as a, a, as a student. So he told me, he goes, you should seriously think about doing it. And he really encouraged me to do it. So I, so when I got back, uh, from visiting him, you know, then that whole summer, I, I I really really thought about it. I really focused on doing that. You know, it's like I want I want to do this. I want to try this out. I want to see if this works for me. But man, you know, when I first started, my first lesson was awful. I was I couldn't even do one of those twisting punches that you do from the hip. Yeah, it took me forever to learn. I mean, my instructor got all frustrated. basic punch. You mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got all he got all frustrated. You know, and stuff like that. I mean, this is. You have to understand. This is 1973, early mm -hmm. 73. They, not many kids were. They didn't teach many kids. They did, but it wasn't. It wasn't like it is now. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't. It wasn't the safe recreational sport now that mm -hmm. they're doing now. I mean, it's it's now surpassed soccer. Mm -hmm. It is now the most practiced after school activity in the United States right now. I didn't know that. Yeah. So <clears throat> back then. When you did it, it wasn't. You were like in a cult. This is 1973. It was like, God, this is really weird. Yeah. Even though it was popular with kung fu and Bruce right, Lee, right. it was it was still looked upon as something f weird and foreign. You know, th you thought it was being a part of a cult, especially when you bowed to somebody, you had to mm. take your shoes off when you walked in. You wore those crazy looking pajamas. Yeah, signs <laughs> of respect, man. We don't we don't tolerate those in America. No, not here. Nah. <laughs> Does? Well, so you had kind of a cool story uh, similar to mine. Is I was reading that you kept taking intro classes because your mom kept buying you intro classes, and yeah. you would take a little bit and then get more money and take another intro class, and like that's kind of how I was growing up too before I got really into it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So we I didn't have a lot of money, so my mom would buy me intro classes every now and again. So, and so I'd go and learn, and then when I came out here and became an adult, I was able to take it like regularly. Oh, cool. What'd you What'd you learn? Uh, I learned uh, Aikido and Taekwondo um, locally here, and so I've got a black belt in that. That was one of my one of my life missions was to become a black belt. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. 
so but anyway, it's a similar story to yours, which I was it was really cool to read that. I was like, oh yeah, it's some you don't always get to just enter in. It's not like a being a monk, you know, like a Shaolin monk or something, <laughs> or you enter in at like age three and then you know you're a warrior by the time you're twenty one. Yeah, you know, it's uh, yeah, I don't know about you, but <clears throat> by coming in that way, I learned. It, it fueled my perseverance. Mm-hmm. I mean, my first instructor was not the nicest. Yeah, you know, I hate to say it, but okay. the thing was, is he was very, he was very. It incur- it, it it was what was needed for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he told me. I mean, you know, it was it was, it was very hardcore back then. You know, is this? I mean, just remember, there was, it's a different ty- style of taekwondo. It was before Olympic taekwondo. Mm-hmm. This is right out of the military. So, you know, you you never got positive. Uh, support. You never got that stuff. It was like, oh yeah, you think you're good, you know, and and you'd be challenged. Mm-hmm. So I remember, I would ask the question was, uh, when am I going to get those uniforms? He goes, and he'd look at me because don't bother because you're not going to make it past your first belt. Right. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> right. it's on. Right. So I mean, you know, you just it, you you learn how to overcome it real quickly. Well, I think people like you, and I I would say me to a lesser extent, like those types of challenges, those hurdles are what push you forward. And I think, you know, when you're talking about the Army, they specifically look for people who say, hey, you can't do this. And like, oh, really? Watch this, you know, because you you succeeded. I mean, you've got two third degree black belts. I mean, that's pretty incredible. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. I mean, it's well, you know, the thing was, is um, for me, this is what it was for me. I I was born and raised here in, in, in America. I was. You know, I didn't know much about my culture. I was mm. actually, at the time, I was very ashamed of it mm. because there's not many Asians around where I grew up. So what happened was, um, through martial arts, I understood my culture. I understood mm. where I came from. I started, uh, the more magazines and books I got, the more I understood what was going on. And, I, and, I, and the thing was, is, you know, I, my father passed away when I was a year old. So I, I was, this, you know, my mom was hardly ever around. She was working three jobs. So what happened was, through the martial arts, I got closer with her because I she'd see me reading stuff about the history of martial arts, different different things in history, and she goes, what are you reading? And I'd tell her, I, and I'd start telling her these stories, and she goes, oh, well, do you know? And she'd start telling me the stories she knew oh, wow. growing up. And then all these things. So that's what helped to bond us together. And it also made me understand my culture more so that when, you know, I would go to school and they'd say nasty racial names towards <laughs> me. I, I, I was able to like, well no, that's not true in my mind, you know. Yeah. When I was fight when when I confront these guys. I didn't I did I didn't go, Oh yeah, well maybe I am lesser than you. You know, you could say like, "Hey, come say it to my face and see what happens." You could say something like, "Yeah, that. something like that." Something yeah, but badass the thing, like that. But the thing is, is you know, I I understood my the the, the what my what the culture has gone through, mm-hmm. how they've overcome sure. over these all these different things, these different wars, these different things. Mm. I was like, "Wow, okay, this is interesting. This is something you don't learn in school." Right. So. So yeah, and the Vietnam War was pretty close to World War II, and there were you know concentrate Japanese concentration camps right. here. Vietnam wasn't that far after that historically, so it makes sense. I mean, there was a, a large period right. where Asian American Asian Americans. I'm talking about people Americans of Asian descent, yeah, um, who were you know had <laughs> were very much discriminated against. That's a tough time to grow up. Yeah, um, but you you persevered, and you've got two third degree black belts, which is pretty cool. Uh, let's talk about one, if we may. Sure. You've got a third-degree black belt in Tang Soo Do. Tang Soo Do, yeah. Tang Soo Do, yeah. sorry. Um, that's all right. And that's called The Way of the Chinese Hand. Uh-huh. Now, there's one other very famous practitioner of Tang Soo Do. Tang Soo Do. What, say, it, say it for me. Tang Soo Do. Tang Soo Do. Tang yeah. Soo Do. Sorry. <laughs> and that is Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah. Who's a ninth degree, correct? I'm not sure anymore. I know um, he's, he's broken off the, from Tang Soo Do and made his own. Yeah. Um, and and I, I I know he's he's, he's up definitely up, he's definitely in like a ninth or something. I I know he's up there or tenth, as far as I know. I, I I've lost track after a while. So I think it's ninth degree <laughs> on the official Tang So Do uh, Tang So Do um, website. He's um, the number one dude. Oh sure, of course. The ninth degree. So he was he was around when you were doing this, correct? Uh, he retired. He, he retired from competition when I was competing. Okay. Uh, but he was already making movies. But I did meet up with him one night. Did so, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I you know, f- a friend of mine introduced me to him, and we got together, and we, he goes, let's, let's see what you got. 
So and so did you guys fight or what? what you free sparred, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you take yeah. him out? Because you were, because <laughs> you were the. Th <laughs> no, no, no. This is before. This is before I ever got. You were third in the world. No, 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 no. Third in the country. Third in the country. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, man, yeah, I thought yeah, third yeah. in the world. No, 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 no. This is this is. He's like top level. No, no, no. So yeah. what happened? Just this country. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Great country as it is, it is not the world. No, no. But what uh, what happened was uh, I I learned a lot from him. I He's would imagine taking a, a, a butt kicking from him would teach you quite a bit. Yeah, it was very. It was she said I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to tell you what it is. Yeah. And then it happened. See if you can block it. <laughs> yeah. I said, "All right." I was an arrogant young kid. Sure. He, he told me what it was. I was like, ah, "Yeah, right." Yeah. So and he hit me nine times out of ten with it. I'm like, oh, Damn. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. And he did it real easy. And he had this smile on his face while he did it. <laughs> that was a funny thing about it. <laughs> well, you know, Larry Bird used to do that. I mean, he would tell people what he was going to do, and then they'd laugh, and then he would do it and then score on them. It was, uh, that's he was one I of heard Michael guys. Jordan did the same thing. Michael Jordan did the same yeah. thing. Yeah. A lot, yeah. Of, a lot of top level athletes, that's how they show you up. They tell you what they're going to do, and then they do it to you. Actually, uh, I had the privilege, my friend Kenny Lee gave, had tickets to see. Michael Jordan play, uh, and we were right behind the bench. We had he, he did a favor for the commissioner, and the commissioner gave him seats. You know, he did something because he wrote ads. Sure. So he did something a favor for the NBA, and he said, "Well, here." And uh, we, got, I got to, I heard some of the trash talking. Really? Oh, oh yeah, man, it was it was amazing. <laughs> Ron Harper was guarding him when he was with the Clippers at the time. Oh, before no he became a Bull. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was that was interesting. They were talking. They were. They were. They would not stop talking. <laughs> I mean, as, and and with stuff I heard, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Wow. No wonder why you don't get up close. You don't hear anything when sure. you watch it on TV. Because right. I was like, "Oh man, that would be bleep bleep bleep." bleep, bleep. Right, right. <laughs> when you see the replays, you see their mouth move. It's yeah. like I know what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was good. fun. It was really. It, they were just taunting each other. Sure. Yeah. That's all part of the game. Oh, there. it's fun. Uh, and so you have another third-degree black belt. Uh, so this one I couldn't find. I'm going to see it, but I, I did a little research. I want you to tell me how close I got, okay? So this is uh, Teiketana Jiu-Jitsu, right? Yes. Yeah. Now that, that's a Japanese martial art. Right. And that, from my best interpretation, my translation is that's the gentle art of the hand and the sword. How yeah, close am closer, I? Closer, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My, uh, all right. Yeah, yeah, so tell me yeah. about that. That sounds pretty fun. It's, Swords um, are cool. It's, there's no strikes involved. Oh, man. There's no strikes. It's all, it's all wrist locks, joint, joint oh, locks. Oh, it's like Aikido. Yes, all very defensive. much like Aikido. Yeah, it's very, very much like it. Um, there's, there are some strikes involved, but it's all, it's all, it's all about um, you know, leveraging, of course. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's the same principles as Aikido. Yeah. It's just a little – there's certain things that – certain tweaks here and there that – that difference between us and Aikido. Okay. Um, uh, you do, we do advocate strikes when needed, um, but the thing is, is <clears throat> what complements Tangsudo with the with with the with the Japanese Jiu-Jitsu is that if you're getting close, you don't have. It gives you the option of not having a strike. You can mm. you can you can leverage the guy. Got it. Yeah, you know, that that you're fighting, and that's that's a great thing. Because I remember when I was, I was in college. Uh, <laughs> this is this is something I learned. Um, this guy was drunk. He came up to me, and he goes, "Hey, Mr. Karate Man, let's see what you got." Da, da, da. So I so I he came at me, and I knocked him out. <laughs> right. And then he got mad at me. I mean, it's not like I. But it's he was not, knocked out. Yeah. No. It's, but he well, came too. <laughs> I dropped him. I, I dropped him. But the thing yeah. was, is he he was like, oh, "Those rule. Those rule." you know, jerk thing to do. So, and I was like, and I thought about it. Yeah. I thought about it. I was like, yeah, you know what? That was not the cool thing to do. Wait, what, what, he, what, what do you mean? Like the fact that he came up to you or the fact that you took him down? I mean, The he fact was, that he attacked me. Yeah, that's that, not that cool. We're talking no. about not cool things on the ranking scale, well, him coming at you and attacking well, you. Well, you know, you know how guys get when they're drunk, how your friends are. They go, oh, yeah, yeah you know, it's all, it's all that, you know, macho Drunk, cheesemos, yeah. jacked up, man, like yeah. the courage. I get it. So, so then, so then, what happened was, uh, I thought about it again. I go, you know, this guy gets drunk on a weekly, <laughs> weekly basis. <laughs> so I know this is gonna happen again. And so I, so next time it happened, I took, him? Him, I got him in a wrist lock and an armbar, and I took him down. Yeah. So the thing was, is he didn't get mad at me. Huh? If you think, if you think about it, he didn't get mad at me this time. He, he. <laughs> what was funny is I don't, I don't know if you've experienced this, but. When you're drunk and you get into a, when you and you experience an armbar, a joint lock, or or, or a, 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 a pressure, you know, a, a, 
you know, some 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 stuff on your pressures pressure yeah. points. Yeah, you sober up immediately. I, I keep my mind clean. I don't I don't yeah. drink. So I don't I'm either. always sober. <laughs> so that's what happened. So he he sobered. sobered up so quick. <laughs> He's like, oh, I was well. And then, uh, yeah, that's what happened. And but he never got mad at me because I didn't punch him. So was it a it's, was it a weekly thing with him? I just didn't go to those parties anymore. I there just kind of avoided it. It's a good call. Yeah. Uh, avoidance is the best thing. Yeah. Uh, but y- so you also know Aikido, you know boxing, so you know a couple other forms of martial or, or self-defense, right? So yeah. now, now that kind of well-rounded you um, to kind of do what you do. Yes. Um, well, actually, let's get into something else really quickly. You wanted to learn Kung Fu, right? Like you were a big Bruce Lee fan. Yeah. But you couldn't learn Kung Fu. Yeah. How come? <laughs> Let's talk about it. This is a safe place. Okay. It's so safe. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening. It's two of us. Um, first off, I'm not 100% Chinese. <gasps> <laughs> um, I didn't understand it at the time. I mean, I speak I speak Cantonese. Uh-huh. I understand it. Uh, but they, were, they would always tell me, you know, we're, we teach our classes in Chinese. You're not going to get it. You're going to be behind us. You're going to be slow. I was like, mm, no, I, I just give me just give me a chance. I'll pick it up. Mm-hmm. They didn't know my desire to pick this up really well, but you know, um, they then uh, and then yeah. You know, the thing was is you know back then. I mean, yeah, you know, even even when Bruce you know was alive, he got harassed by the Chinese community by for teaching non oh Westerners or non full Chinese both. Oh. Uh-huh. And and uh, and the rumor is is that Bruce didn't didn't uh, complete his Wing Chun training because he wasn't fully Chinese himself. Wow. So I mean that's a rumor. So I don't know if that's true or not. You know. So don't quote me on it. I won't, but, I, I won't. but I heard. But I heard. I, you know. It's 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 a possibility. Huh. So you never know. But he did all right for himself. Uh, just a little. He did all right. Kind of a it's semi-icon. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think? He's all right. <laughs> uh, now, you yourself, you've appeared in tons of magazines, too, for you when you were in your competitive Yeah, days, I was right? in Karate Review uh, a few times, uh, you know, when I got rated. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it, the magazine no longer exists. I was still trying to look for it, you know, and it's really hard to find. Oh, the one where you're, that you're in? Yeah, it, it's real hard to find now. Oh. So, I mean, I even looked on eBay. I was like, God, I can't find it. And that was on Inside Karate. I was covering Inside Karate. I was in Black Belt Magazine and Martial Arts Training Magazine. Were you on Impact? I wrote for Impact. They did an article on me uh-huh. later on once my book came out. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but you, they, they, so they did it. That's, yeah, a, they did that's a, a full spectrum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. Now, you now you took this training, uh, and you did two cool things with it. First of all, you worked with Vanilla Ice. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. So how did that go? What, that was a was, lot was this, of fun. Was this after Suge Knight held him out the window and he was like, "This is I don't want this to happen ever again." I think that was. Yeah, I wouldn't want that to happen either. Yeah, because that was he. You know, he was a lot of fun to work with. Yeah. We put together this crazy fight scene, and me and this guy we put it together. He wasn't there, so we thought about his background. So I started watching his videos. I saw how he moved. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, this guy can really move." It's pretty fluid. Yes. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> we just came up with this crazy fight scene. So, so I came, uh, usually when you, when you choreograph a fight, you have two or three fights you have in the, back, in the back of your mind in case you show it to the performer and they go, nah, dude, that's too much. Mm-hmm. So, but we had this one where, where I really liked, and, uh, and me and the, the guy that helped me put it together are like, oh, dude, this is, this is gonna rock. This is gonna be, uh, this is gonna be it. And he goes, now, let's just cross our fingers that he likes us. And he goes, and we go, all right. So day comes. We put together, we show him the fight. And he looks at it and he goes, I, I love this. This is great. And I was, I was like, oh, my God. And he did it without me having to coach him. Really? One th- yeah. Wow. He, he knew how, he knew, he saw all the kicks and punches and the, and the spins that I did. And he just replicated immediately. Really? Yes. He was, I was, he says, oh, like this? I gave him a couple tweaks here and there because he might have landed a little off so he couldn't do the next thing. Right. Other than that, I'd work with him again. No kidding. Oh, yeah. Him, you know, there's some other guys that I, uh, I did this other movie called Battle B-Boy where, mm-hmm. where I had to train these, these uh, professional B-Boy dancers how to fight. I work with any of those guys, Richie Greenfield, no Ricky. Kidding. Josh, all those guys, man, they, those guys were world class dancers. I work with them in a heartbeat. 
Well, some martial arts are like dance. You it know, is, like capoeira yeah. is like very oh, much yeah. a dance. It's a dance yeah. and a martial art. Yes. Uh, so it translates very, very well. Just yes. body control. Yes. Which I have very little of, which makes <laughs> I have to work twice as hard to be able to do some of the moves properly. Uh, so now, now you took this. You worked as a bouncer too, right? I mean, like, yeah. How was yeah. that? Well, how long did you work for that? Did you were you able to tolerate that kind of stuff for a long time? I do, you do it. You, you, I started doing it at, for, at after hours clubs. Yeah. People are already stoned and high and drunk. It sounds awful. And I walked in. Yeah. And they had there been a couple instances where where I mean, look, I'm not I'm not the biggest guy. You, typically, they always hire the uh, the the you know six foot six guy three hundred pound you know rocks. intimidation yeah yeah, yeah. This, yeah but the thing was is they hired me because these guys were challenged and they didn't know what to do right so they asked me to go hey look this is the situation you know as an after hours club would you want to do it and i said well, sure why not so i did it and the thing was i remember this one guy <clears throat> he uh he came up yeah i was at the front door and we had to, we were at capacity so i had to stop so so you, unfortunately, you gotta you have to do things to kind of back people off, and the guy goes, "Do you know who I am?" And I said, "No." Do you want to find out who I am? <laughs> 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 and and I just looked him square in the eye, like, yeah. And he kind of backed off. He goes, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of fun to say those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's you know, there's no reason to be over macho, but you know, sometimes it's pretty cool to be badass. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I tried. I understand it. I didn't like you know, you know, get all my cheese nose, stick my chest out, sure, and sure, get sure. his chest. No, but I was. It's a I was simple like, question. You yeah. asked the man just a simple yeah. question. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I get it. Yeah. So he 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 got it. He got the body. He got the <laughs> subtle body language. <laughs> you know, he saw it in my eyes. He's, he knew I was ready to back it up. <laughs> so it's just that's what happened. Now, now you took all of this, everything we've talked about now, all this backless experience, and you've turned it into a very successful stunt coordination career. Uh, so you right now you've written the book. Uh, it's like a textbook. Yeah, I, I, I read through a bunch of the chapters. Uh, we're gonna get to one of my favorite chapters in particular. Uh, but you've you literally curious. oh <laughs> yeah, you know what it is. Uh, but you've written a book on this. Uh, so this is really nonverbal storytelling. This is creating a fight scene. You've broken it down uh, into how a fight scene inside of a story relates to the bigger picture of the story. How that individual fight scene and there are, you know these are very popular. People love fight scenes. It's like a solo and a rock song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they love this stuff. <laughs> uh, but you've really broken it down like a, from an academic standpoint. Um, oh, thanks. So let, let's talk about. So the first thing is the start of a fight. Right. right. So now, wh- wh- what is this? How do you? How do you? Is this what's written in the script, or do you help develop this? Well, most important thing is you have to read the script. You have to That's read the script call. from beginning to end, and then you know I took two two years of screenwriting classes at UCLA. Okay. And oh, great. Yeah, and 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 um, it made me really think about things. And uh, there's all this stuff in screenwriting you have to think about. So I do the same thing, but on a physical level. I took what I learned at UCLA and I, and 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 I put it on uh, do it with the choreography because and I think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this guy's emotional intelligence uh, is uh, as far as a, as a fighter? Has he been? Has he fought before? If he hasn't, how would he react? How would he react to somebody, you know, with with a, with, with something a fist or a, or a weapon or a bottle coming at his head? How would how do he react to that? You know, and then I think about my past experience. What happened? How did I feel when that happened to me? Mm-hmm. How did I f- how did it happen when I saw other people? And because you know, after it happens, you kind of talk to them. They kind of tell you, "Oh, dude, this is." So you kind of, I didn't know what happened. Oh, is this? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I know it. So all that stuff I take into account into making a fight scene. You know, um, what is the breaking point mm-hmm. of, of that person? And typically, a good choreographer takes the person to that breaking point, yeah. and you have to reveal. The character of that of of the uh, uh, of of that person that's in the fight, or else you're not really doing your job. It's just a bunch of silly moves that right. that anybody can do. Right. You know that's what a lot of people don't understand. People come to me all the oh man, I want I can do what you do. I was like, mm, not really. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mean I don't mean to come off as arrogant. Yeah. You know, but I'm like going, okay, what's your training? Yeah. You know, what if what if, do you have any? Have you taken any film classes? Do you know? Do you know? Um, how to stylize the move for the camera? Do you know how? What's the difference between a real fight and, a, and one for a camera? Mm-hmm. There's this. It's a huge difference. It's an art form in itself, and a lot of people don't get it. And that's why I wrote that book. 
No, absolutely. And yeah. you're one of the few people that's uniquely qualified not only to do it uh, at, at a high level, which you do, but also to teach it to other people. Oh, thanks. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I think, that, I think what you're saying is, exact, is, is very valid, that there aren't a lot of people think they can do it but can't do it, but the world's full of that. Yeah. Everyone well, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a thing. Everybody looks at it and go, oh, that's really cool. I can do that. Yeah. It's like, well, you don't know the work it took for that person to get there to do that job. Yeah. And also, I mean, unfortunately, as being a stunt coordinator and choreographer, I'd say nine times out of ten, we don't have a choice of where the camera is uh -huh. and how the film is, how that fight scene is cut at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. So you're only in the production phase. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> but I think you know the best people are the ones who make it look easy. You yeah. know. I mean, when you look at Bruce Lee, like, yeah, when you look at him, you're like, oh, I could totally do that. It's like, well, that's exactly it. He did it so well. You think you can do it? That's how you know you've succeeded. You know. You know. Here's the, 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 it's great that you brought him up. A lot of people imitate him. Yeah. You see it all the time, but they do it badly. Yeah. You know, like that, that scene where, um, where, he, where he kills O'Hara and Enter the Dragon mm -hmm. when he crushes his chest. This is uh, Chuck Norris, right? Uh, no, he fought Bob Wall in, oh, in oh. Enter the Dragon. There's a scene where he's a guy that killed his sister. Okay. And he ends up having to fight him. And the thing was is you, you, there's that scene where he jumps up in the air and the camera cuts to his face. It's an extreme close-up. I mean, his it's just his, his neck up. And you see, you see the emotion on his face. It's, it, he runs through this whole series of emotions like, oh, my God, as a Shaolin monk, I took somebody's life. Mm -hmm. But I got revenge for my sister's death. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's just all this conflict in his, in, on his face and his eyes and his psyche. Mm -hmm. You're just like, oh, my God. And then after that point, there's no turning back. Right. You know? Yeah. Well, so. I mean, it's the ultimate yin and yang, you know? I mean, it's, exactly. It's, uh, it's the whole thing where you had to do one for another. There's light and dark, dark and light. Uh, and it's a very poignant moment. Yeah. And the thing is, is I've seen so many other action actors try to copy that, that one scene, and they fail. I mean, yeah. it is, you're just like, dude. Don't copy it. Make it yours. Sure. Just don't, you know, and, and I see it all the time. It's like, no, 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 don't don't copy it, please. Just make it yours. Do your do your own. Don't don't just do exactly what he did. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's the external stuff. They don't understand all the internal stuff that, that goes on yeah. to, to to make that scene truly his. Yeah. Uh, look, I agree with you. I mean, we could spend an hour talking about how many times in Hollywood they've remade things where they don't need to or shot for shot. But, <laughs> uh, well, speaking of, what an es amazing segue. The Karate Kid, uh, the original, of course, I'm talking about, is one of my favorite movies of all time. And that really got me into <laughs> karate uh, and martial arts in general, mostly because I really identified with Daniel LaRusso. I kind of look like Ralph Macchio, and I loved Mr. Miyagi. But that movie... As I was reading, you know, the, the part of your book where you're talking about staging a scene, first act, second act, third act, it, I used that as evidence for all of that. Because there's a couple scenes where it just, it's exactly what you're saying. Like, you know, you could use that to teach the class on it. Uh, but there's one fight scene in particular that's kind of amazing to me. And it's the point where Daniel's out at the, you remember the movie? Really well? Yes, yes. So he's at the costume party. <laughs> And oh, so, yeah. yeah, and I had a problem with this too. So he's got these dudes who are in karate, and they're, you know, they're, they're badass. And he just has to mess with them. There's a guy where he's rolling a joint in there, yeah. and he has to mess with them, and he puts the hose on them. Yeah. And that's totally something I would do. <laughs> with, I make bad decisions like that, right? And so he does that, and then he takes off. And I don't think he expects what's going to happen at the end of his long run back home. He thinks he can make it back. <clears throat> and, you know, they catch up with him. And at this point, he's met Mr. Miyagi and just thinks he's like a handyman who works there, you know. Right. And there's this big moment where, you know, they catch up to him and, like, they're going to kill him. Like, right. they, they, right. they, kick, yeah. they kick his butt, which he probably deserved. And there's this big moment where, like, they're going to kill him. Right. And then all of a sudden, out of the shadows, Mr. Miyagi comes down and just lays waste to everyone. Yeah. And I love that scene. That was a great scene. It is. And it's so powerful because it's like he didn't want to do any of that. The main, the main purpose of that scene is that you don't fight unless you need to. But if you have to, you better know what you're doing. And, yeah. and it's such a great mo moment. Well, you know what sold me for that scene that that we call that the all is lost moment yeah. is um, the scene where um, William Zabka, the, the Johnny, Johnny, yeah, he, he takes he throws I think he does a crescent kick and it and it goes across you know Daniel's face yeah yeah and you just and you just like oh my god you this like was a sick thud and, 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 yeah. and yeah and and he 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 reacts and he turns to the camera. 
Yeah. And and it's up against a fence and you're on the other side. So you so you as the audience are on the other side of the fence and you're helpless. You you feel helpless. Yeah. As his and, eyes glaze yeah, over. His eyes glaze over yeah. and the look on his face like, "Oh my god, I am yeah. going to die." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was what sold it for me. That one <laughs> that that scene. Yeah. That one that one moment was what sold it for me. Yeah. You know? When you talk about the choreography of that, right? Because that's what you do. So let's let's break that down for a second. What's kind of amazing about that is, you know, you, you've done this scene where you're getting into the fight scene. Right. And the start of it is, he says, you couldn't leave well enough alone. You had to do it. Now you're going to pay. And he punches him. And he does that, you know, they, they kick him a little bit. And he takes a couple beating. And that crescent kick happens where you're like, that's as an audience where you're like, oh, my God, like these guys are crazy. They're not just upset. They're right. not abusing their authority and their power. They're, Johnny's a little, he's got a screw loose. Right. And one dude comes in and says, hey, man, he's had enough. Right. Like, I'll tell you when he's had enough, man. Right. Exactly. And then two other people hold him. Yeah. And he goes to kick and he kicks a metal sign in half. So like you know yeah, as the yeah, audience, yeah. like he was gonna split his head. Exactly. And as a choreographer, like how do you you know, when you what does that look like on the page? You know, like if you get oh they you know, like something else say, Oh, they fight. How do you put all that into there? You know? There's a lot going on in that scene. That's why you gotta read the script. That's why you got it. Yeah, you yeah. got beginning to end. You got to know what's gonna happen to this guy, you gotta know how to set it up, you gotta know how to pay it off. Yeah. Um you know, you got to talk to the director about how he f- how he envisions this fight because a lot of times they don't give you a resolution. Mm-hmm. You got to come mm-hmm. up with it. You got to say, well, how does this fight seem resolve? Yeah. We don't know. Because and also the cheap thing is also they they say they fight because right. they don't want to waste the time to because that's 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 necessary real estate that they can sure. use for other things. Right, right, right. So I mean, unfortunately, when you go on set. Um, uh, if you work with with a with with a UPM that doesn't have action experience, they they think oh they fight that only takes one one line out of the whole script so it should take <laughs> should take maybe what an hour to do right right it's like oh uh, no a good half a day full day to <laughs> one eighth of a page yeah right? <laughs> yeah it's like that doesn't that's unfortunately that happens that happens yeah. often I gotta let them know yeah because yeah, I go oh well it's always one line I'm like uh. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's the, more than that. Yeah, it's much more than that. It's a mini movie. Like the, the scene movie. we're talking about right now in Karate right. Kid, that's a mini movie. You know, like in that sequence, to me, it does everything that you're talking about. Right. You know, like you have, okay, this is the inciting incident. You have, you know, the confrontation, right. the breaking point, yes. uh, you know, all this lost moment where you think he's going to die. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's kind of Duzek Machina where you have like Mr. Maggie come in out of nowhere because right. didn't really set him <clears> up before. Um, but you do earlier in the story, but not in that particular sequence. But it just it has everything you're talking about. Right, right. You know? I mean, uh, Pat Johnson was a trainer and a fight choreographer for that movie, and he did a really good job. Did a really good job with that fight. Yeah, and yeah. the whole movie too. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. that's not the only fight scene in the right. movie. Yeah. Um, you know, even at the end, that you know, the, the the montage of the karate tournament. Uh, is also it follows the same rules you're talking about because right. essentially it's one big long fight with different people right. uh, as you build up to the final fight, you know. And even the final fight itself is a little mini movie. Yeah, uh, I, I can't tell you. I love that movie. And as I was reading your book, like that entire, it's one. I think it's one of the best fight movies. Um, outside of like a kung fu movie, uh-huh. uh, but a, just a uh, you know Western movie with that is about fighting. Right. I think it's one of the best ones that's ever been done. In my personal opinion, I mean, you know, it's 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 interesting. Um, no, I, I agree. It's very iconic. It's it's as far as uh, American um, martial arts movies, it's definitely an iconic film. Definitely yeah. up there. Um, trying to think of some others, but definitely that's that's definitely a, a, a huge milestone in in the choreography of American martial arts films because um, what they did was they did take the. Uh, you know the the archetype of the kung fu movie, you know, and and they made it in Western terms, right? And they and they and it appealed to Western audiences. Yeah, definitely. Yes, no, I agree. It, and they it's it was essentially a Rocky movie. Right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. No, it really yeah. is. I mean, you even kind of bring up the Temple of Doom, which is kind of fun because there's this, it's definitely brawling in those movies. Yeah. Um, but you know, you talk about in the first act, you set up the initial emotions and tensions, and then the strategy. Yeah. And you make a good point in your book where you talk about in the Temple of Doom, where I think it was in the first movie, the um, Oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, where yeah. the guy has all the sword fights, and you, oh, you know, yeah. he looks overwhelming, and then he just shoots him. Um, but then you you mentioned the point where he does all that stuff, and he reaches for his gun, and it's not there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shifting strategy. Yeah, 
Yeah, because the, the audience is suspecting one thing because they saw the first and the second one. Yeah. Oh, okay, what happens? He's, yeah, he's got to kind of do what he's got to do. <laughs> right, I mean, but on the fly. F- yeah, exactly, yeah. And that's what makes, you know, you, you, uh, the audience has their expectations. So you play upon that and you twist it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I, you know, that's what I think a lot of filmmakers really need to kind of work on today with, with some of the films. Cause, sure. Because they get kind of safe after a while. Yeah. It's like going, it, it becomes a little bit cookie cutter. Yeah. You know, but, you know, if you want to do something different, definitely. Well, I think, you know, a lot of the examples that you give, and this is also the heyday of, like, martial arts movies, when people were really treating them as art before they became kind of popular, mm. uh, people really did spend time because the, the fighting is the movie. And so, it, you know, but people who were really into it uh, were treating it like an art form. You know, the when you talk about Enter the Dragon, that's like a pinnacle piece, and oh, it's yeah. all about fighting. But each... Each fight is, you know, it's like a Sergio Leone is to oh. westerns. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like it's, yeah. it's just oh, taking yeah. it to an artistic level, which we don't do anymore. Fight scenes are just fight scenes, right? You know. Well, it's it the the times have changed, I, and you know, um, I think, I think, um, back in those days, I mean, in seventies and eighties. You know, studios were run by filmmakers. Mm-hmm. You know, now yeah, it's run right. by corporations. Yeah, it's and a, it's accountants. A, it, yes, it's you know, it's about it's about getting that the first box office. It's about all the hype mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different. It's a different medium. It's a. It's no longer a movie. It's a thrill ride. Right. It's a, right. it's a it's a it's a ride that when you get off, you go, oh, what did you see? Right. You know, I mean, I'm not saying every film was like that. Yeah. But you know, a, a good you know a lot of them are. No, it's very true. Uh, but, you know, and, and I say that people aren't advancing the craft, and that's not true because you bring up Jackie Chan, oh, who's yeah. a relatively modern, as far as film goes, is a pretty modern guy. But he's done, you know, leaps and bounds with using the environment, yes. you know, which is kind of cool. Explain that a little bit. Um, the whole evolution with Jack, if you watch Jackie's career from the 70s mm-hmm. to now, he's evolved. He's continued mm-hmm. to evolve as a performer, as a, as a filmmaker. He's... Um, He's still always looking for new new ways to express himself. Um, and, you know, there are times where his hands are tied with certain projects and, you know, things happen. But he always, the thing I always respected about Jackie is, you. I mean, I've seen every movie he's made. Mm. Uh, the thing, I mean, since since his days in the low way movies before mm-hmm. he did Snake and Eagle Shadow in the early, mid-70s, um, like with Killer Meteors, Magnificent Bodyguard, you know, Snake and Crane, Archer Shaolin, Half a Love of Kung Fu, all those movies. I've seen all those for up till right now. Um, he's always added a something new that mm-hmm. you just go, oh, wow, mm-hmm. that's new. Every movie's like that. I get, you know, you name a movie and I'll pick it out. There's something that he'll just, oh, yeah, that's, you know. So that's what he, he does. He That's his thing. He always does something to kind of okay, push it a little bit, whether yeah. – he doesn't have the money or the budget or the time restraints or he's shooting with a, a, a Western Western crew that doesn't understand, you know, the subtleties of what he does. He always does something to kind of push it a little forward mm-hmm. or something that he's never done before. Yeah. You know, that's what he always tries to do. You've got to be a pioneer. And it's yes. I'm glad there's guys like that out there because yeah. they're the ones, you know, with every terrible movie that comes out, you need one, two good ones right, you know, that right. push the craft forward. Right, and right. I think he, he's that guy. Uh, Jet Li's another great um, performer. Yes. And your first acting gig was with Jet Li, right? As a, stunt gig. As, as a stunt gig. As a stunt gig, right? Well, okay. My first, to, to clarify. Yeah, make this right. Yeah. My first stunt, my first stunt, uh, my first stunt gig was six months before that. Okay. I I was I had to double an actor at the last minute, and I had to put my knee on James Wood's back and break it for a uh, NBC movie of the week okay. called In Love and War. Because uh-huh. for some odd reason, I was I was a technical advisor on a movie because I spoke Vietnamese. Uh-huh. And um, what happened was, um, I was there all the time, and and I got to know James Wood well. And then this actor, he goes, all right, so what do I do? Okay, so you, you have his hands here. You, you put your knee on his back, and you press down. And he goes, no, no, I don't feel comfortable doing this. He goes, um, John, can you do – I want John to do this. I don't know to this day mm-hmm. why he asked me to do that. Okay. But, I mean, I, he knew I was a martial artist. He knew I, yeah. had a soft, you know, I had a soft hand when it came to doing this stuff. Uh-huh. So I did, you know, and somebody was, like, watching over, over me, making sure I was safe. But that was actually my first stunt gig. Okay. But – Six months later, my first real hardcore stunt was fighting Jet in a Hong Kong movie called The Master. 
So that was where I really was taken to school by the stunt team and stuff like that. Now, what do you mean taken to school? I, they taught me all the basic falls. Uh, they taught me, you know, how, how to do the reactions, how to do the, the rhythms and the beat of the fight. Because they do, oh, they it. shoot okay. masters. They shoot, they shoot these wide, um, these wide long shots that, um, that, that, uh, that, that, uh, that Western films don't do as much. Mm. I mean, they, they sh- I mean, they shoot lo- long, 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 uh, long shots here, but they shoot it in a way over there. When they shoot a long shot, you know it's going to be in the movie. Here, they break it up. Right, right. You know, so. And you played three people in that movie, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> in that one <laughs> Threw first, a hat on one, the different shirt. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, well, what happened was, here's how that all happened. Um, it was a Hong Kong stunt crew that, that came to America. And we were all new, new guys. There were, I mean, I think there was, yeah, we were, I, I had the advantage of coming on set two, three weeks before, because I, I always, I mean, I always wanted to learn how to do this stuff, especially the Hong Kong style of mm. how they did the reactions, the hits, and, you know, I just wanted to learn how to do all that. So I would, so I was friends with the producer, and I said, can I come in and watch, because I want to learn what you guys do. And she knew I was very sincere about it. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't, um, you know, trying to be somebody I wasn't. You know, I, I just I wanted to learn. I truly wanted to be their student and learn all this stuff. So she, she said, "Sure, anytime." So I came. I came a lot and just watched. Mm-hmm. And then they would show me little things here and there on the on the trampoline and this and that. But when I when during our fight scene, we didn't have a trampoline. We had, we had to fall on the hard ground on concrete. So so I had to. It was hard. There's some stuff <laughs> you 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 learned how to how to you know. You, you you fell on the ground hard, and you just like uh, I, I'm I am gonna get it next time because it's it, that that really hurt. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's an interesting segue because my favorite part of the book and also one of my personal passions is I love pro wrestling, uh, and you dedicate an entire chapter to this because I'm not letting any cats out of the bag here. It's it's choreographed um, for the most part. A lot of some of it's improv. Yeah. Uh, but it's a choreographed scene. There, everyone you know the, you know the outcome. Uh, but the journey to get there uh, can kind of be up in the air, even right. into the ring. Yes. So it's funny what you're talking about, where there aren't any trampolines. You're falling on hard, you right. know, what's called taking a bump, where you you know, you know take a hit for someone, and then you sell it, meaning making it look good. Uh, you know, there's a whole art to that, yes. which you go over in, in incredible detail uh, in your book, um, because it, it is funny, because in pro wrestling, the nature of that universe, right? Like, if you if you want to enter and you start watching this, watch pro wrestling, it's a whole world where the whole show is people fighting. Right. So every week you need, you know, if there's eight matches on the card, you need eight different reasons for them to get into yeah. a fight. You yeah, know? yeah. Because you have to yeah. program eight of them. It's kind of crazy and weird, you know? But you love it, no. I, I mean, it's, I we all, it's just, I look, not just you or I love it. Yeah. Everybody loves it. It is on every night somewhere in this country. That's true. Think about it. It's on every night. Somewhere in the country, somebody's some wrestling show is either live mm-hmm. or on TV every yeah. night of the week. Yeah. No, so, that's true. No, yeah. I agree with you. Now, from a choreography standpoint, uh, have you ever choreographed any pro wrestling matches? No, I haven't. But I've actually worked with um, I worked with some pro wrestlers. Okay. Um, and also, um, I had to. Uh, I've worked with pro wrestlers that that got into stunts. They mm. made a real easy transition. Yeah, I imagine um, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, um, I had the very fortunate uh, opportunity to work with this guy, Ultimo Dragon. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I know that was That dude, I work with him again. Ultimo, if you're listening, let's, let's do it. Please, <laughs> Gary Lee Jackson, his manager. Yeah. Let's do it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was great. Yeah. Now, now, from a choreography standpoint, what's different about that than a fight scene? You know, like, uh, what's a little bit different about it? Because it is a fight scene in a way, but it's in front of a live audience. Right. You know, it's a very different animal, but right. very similar. Yeah, it's very similar. I, when, when, I, when I work with Ultimo, I had a week to, mm. to train with him. Okay. Um, we, I think we did about maybe uh, six to eight hours a night. Um, we worked, you know, was, Antonio Noki used to have a gym downtown, and they gave us the gym. So we could so we could do that. So, oh, um, nice. So we so I trained him down there with a couple of my uh, my stunt guys, and uh, we kind of walked him through the whole thing. And the the emotional beats are different. Mm-hmm. Timing is timing is different. Um, he doesn't have to oversell the, mm-hmm. 
to technique, so he doesn't have to sell it to the rafters. Yeah. He has to sell it to a camera that's only three feet away, four feet, three feet, five feet away, wherever. So that's that's what that's the main difference. And it took you know it you know it took him a couple of days to get used to it. Once he got used to it, he would he got it. You know, yeah. and and you know, part of it, you know, part of those those fights that I did are on my demo reel, and um, it's it's. He understood. He understood that there was a story to tell. Mm-hmm. So I would tell him, I go, hey, Ultimo, let's, this, this, for this scene, we need this, this, and this. What do you think a character would do? Mm-hmm. And he gave me like three different looks. I was like, dude, I don't know. You choose what's the best. <laughs> I mean, I, I like them all. Yeah. I think this one's better. Da, da, da. Well, if we combine this and this. And he goes, oh, okay, let's try this. And he come up with something. You're like, oh, my God. I mean, he, he understood it. And towards the end, I let him choreograph some stuff. I go, look. There's some stuff I know you want to do. Now you understand how this works for camera. And he goes, yeah, let's try this. Let's try that. So we tried We tried some stuff. And yeah. I think it worked. I mean, he took some wrestling stuff and, and made it work for film. Yeah. You know, and he, yeah, he really enjoyed it. I, I'd work with him again in a heartbeat, man. Well, it is funny because, you know, these guys work, you know, 250, 260 days a year. Right. And they're going to audiences. And it's the same, you know, the same thing between movie and theater, you know, with pro wrestling and stunt work. It's the same kind of transition where instead of, you know, like you said, you have to get the guys in the rafters. When you're doing it live for the camera, you don't have to. Right. And when you're doing it, you know, on the big shows, Raw and SmackDown, or, right. you know, TNA does a, sh- a show as well, uh, you, you got to sell to the camera. And that's the transition that mo- moves really easily into, you know, into what you do. Yeah. Uh, but it's, I love, pro wrestling is one of my favorite things. I love talking about it. And it's, you know, it, it follows all the rules, the, the, um, the cinematic, uh, the, the story arc, you know, the story right. war- rules, the script rules yeah. um, every week. You know, and even across, not only within the shows, but across, you know, week to week into the, the big promotions. And the hard part about with wrestling is that you don't give a, you're not given a second take. Oh, not at and, all. And you've got to be in sync with the announcers. And the announcers mm-hmm. got to kind of work work that work that story into right. what's actually happening. Right. I mean, it's it's uh, it's and the camera angles too. You got to exactly. you cut on the hit so you don't miss like a blown you know right. blown right, move right, or right, whatever. Right. Uh, it, it's definitely it's an art form. Uh, now now you you took all of this stuff. Uh, you know, this is what you do now. But there was, I want to talk about this. This is kind of a cool transition that you had that we haven't <laughs> talked about here, where from your competitive career, you took 14 years and decided to become a stand-up comedian, which is kind of a cool little sidetrack that you did. But um, I, it must help you out with what you do in the you know cinematic world. Okay. A lot of people see a difference between competing and martial arts uh, fighting in 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 most short situation, mm-hmm. fighting on a tournament circuit, and there's a huge difference between that and being funny. Or fight for control of an audience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah control of an audience. That's exactly it. Yeah. And the thing is, is I don't see a difference. I mm. never saw a difference. I saw this, I saw the similarities more than I ever saw the difference. Yeah. It's you're setting up your opponent. You're making him think you're going one way and yeah. you go another. Yeah, you know, and you gotta you have you gotta have different setups. You gotta have you have your go to techniques that you know right. always work, no matter what situation you're in. The same thing with a joke. You have certain jokes that you have mm-hmm. that you're always gonna use, no matter how ornery the audience is or whatever. Yeah. So it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I mean, I mean, one of my mentors, Keith Vitale, he he was my roommate here for six months, and um, he was a number one black belt in America. For three years, and 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 I told him the whole thing, and he, he goes, "Really? I don't see that." Hmm. And then a couple nights, he went with me to the clubs, and he goes, "I get it. I see it. I saw exactly what you did. Right. You totally manipulated that room." Yeah, because I pl- I played this one place out here in West Covina called Lampost Pizza, and it was known <laughs> it was known for bikers. Okay, oh, I yeah. mean, and they how'd that go? Oh, okay. Here's what happened. I go, I get there a little early so I could get a feel for the room. Yeah. And the guy tells me, he goes, hey, it was, I was kind of being, uh, I was being auditioned. And the guy, I was new here. Nobody knew me. So the booker was also a stand-up comedian. He goes, hey, look, you know, I heard good things about you. I need to see it. Mm-hmm. I said, all right, fine. He goes, I'm going to put you, I'm going to throw you into the deep end. I'm going to throw you in your line spit. If you can work this room, it means you could work almost any room here in, in Southern California. So... If you can conquer this room, I will book you. I promise you. I said, all right, fine. So I go there. I mean, there's all these bikers are drinking, getting drunk, and there's, I mean, they're 
throwing stuff at each other. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, okay. And then the MC, the guy gets up there. He's the booker. And when he gets up there, the the group, as I was like maybe 300 people there. All, all white guys, I assume. And bikers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, <laughs> Very tolerant yeah. of the... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tolerant group. So they gets up there, and the, the, the MC gets up there, and they all look at him. And they, they collectively yell, fuck you. Whoa. <laughs> so I'm like going, oh, man. oh, boy. And I looked at my Keith, my friend, my mentor, and he looked at me, he goes, he goes, should I start stretching out here? Should we? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I go, don't worry about it. I got this handled. I got this handled. He goes, Jeez. and he's like going, okay, all right, we'll see. <laughs> so I get up there and I just tore him a new butt. I yeah. just got aggressive. I just totally laid into all of them. Yeah. And they, they loved it. Well, Don Rickles action. Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. yeah, one guy one guy said something to me and I just made him scapegoat for the whole night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I go, really, dude? So I just totally laid in on him yeah. and the whole audience ganged up on him. Oh. So they just loved me after that. You turned him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hecklers, that's like being attacked, you know? Yeah. I mean, you're not being physically attacked, but, you know, a mental and, and, and verbal repartee between people is just as difficult as a physical one. Right. You know, you got to be quick on your feet yeah. mentally. You got to yeah. be able to have stuff, you know, in, yeah. in, the, in the chamber. I mean, that's difficult stuff. Right. It was, it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. If you're, if you're good at it, it's not fun getting heckled off the stage. <laughs> <laughs> or, but you, you, or no one laughs. So yeah. It's quiet. It's the last thing you want. Well, the whole thing is you got to be water about this. You can't, you can't think, well, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to make them laugh yeah. without getting up there and knowing how to read that room. Yeah. You got to, you got to roll with it. You got to know that the, the stuff you say, if it doesn't work, you got to, you got to come up with something that'll make them work and have them be on your side so you can do what you need to do. You know, it's amazing you just said that because what I wrote down was my final point was that you, it teaches you almost the ultimate Aikido mentality, which is I think Bruce Lee said it or someone said it, but be like the properties of water. Like yeah. whatever comes at you, you have to go around it and kind of like lean into it or, you know, right. you have to adapt constantly, which is what that means. Yes. And it sounds like you did that. Um, in that one instance, but over the course of 14 years, I mean, that gives you a, both a mental and a physical edge. Yeah. Um, which, in my opinion, makes you the supreme warrior. <laughs> <laughs> you, mentally, you can mentally dominate someone and physically dominate someone. What else is there, my friend? I beat you before a fight ever starts. <laughs> <laughs> It's very true. Uh, well, so now how can people find you? I mean, are you on, do you, do you hit the social media? Yes. Do you, what, what do you got? Well, let's, let's get people to. I'm on, to I'm on Facebook. Um, you can get, I have a group on, uh, on Facebook uh, called, it's the title of my book, Fight Choreography, The Art of Non-Rural Dialogue. Um, and we've got close to 5,000 people in the group. It's a closed group and we monitor it. I have six administrators that are also Jeez, people that work. Because the thing is, is I, I'm working and I don't always, I'm not always on it. Yeah. So, and these are also people that I know. Okay. So, and they, they monitor it too. So, so they, they kind of police it, you know, so, so, that, so we don't get spammers and, you know, anybody selling Ray-Bans. I know. So, so yeah, I mean, but, but we, we keep that room, we keep that room as clean as possible so that, you know, oh, cool. it's not a fanboy site. It's, it's, it's a place where you can look to, to educate and learn about what fight choreography for film is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I always pose questions of the day. What's the difference between, you know, what what does a martial artist need to learn before they become a, a stunt professional or a film fighter? Uh, you know, what is a, you know, just just stuff like that. And people post their demo reels, get they get they get critiques from from some seasoned professionals. And, you know, that's really hard to get. You know, you don't you don't have that. If you don't have that network personally, you can get get it through that through through the group. You know, if, like we have some people from all over the world, like people in India okay. that are trying to learn this. You know, um, they're you know they're 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 learning. They're you know they're getting they're getting honest critiques and encouragement from 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 everybody. Wow. You know, they're they're posting up there. Go, hey, this is my new stuff. Tell me what you think, please. You know, they're you know we'd love to hear what everybody has to say. And then everybody's being you know honest about what they saw and it's I what I the reason I did is because I it's a very misunderstood art form mm -hmm. and I want people to understand it more it, it sounds like that's a very a, a place for education yes um, where else can people see you I'm on Twitter at, at Jay Krang at Jay Krang yeah I'm also on Instagram John Krang and Instagram yeah 
All right. Well, if that's where people that's where people can find you. Uh, oh, uh, oh. YouTube is Real Kinetic Action Design. Oh, okay. Yeah. YouTube. I'm gonna have links to all this on your page, um, and they can find you there. You got great stuff up on YouTube. Um, this is the Thanks. professor of the punchline, John Crane. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today, man. This oh, has been amazing. That's an honor. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate Th- it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, and I want to thank everyone for listening. Have a good night. Fascinating Nouns is a Glenn Co. production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Nouns introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and E.A. Barrientos with music and sound design written and performed by E.A. Barrientos. If you want to check out all the extras, go to fascinatingnouns.com. And at the bottom of the page, there are several links to my social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. If you want to check out new pictures on Pinterest, all the videos on YouTube, uh, upcoming episodes on the Twitter and Instagram. It's the place to be. You got to check it out. Fascinatingnouns.com. Thank you for listening. End of transmission.